Hello and welcome back to My Brain on Endorphins, my conversations with smart and interesting people about all things wellness, including running, yoga, nutrition, and mindfulness. I'm Carolee Walker, a writer living in Washington, D.C. So yeah, I'm getting excited about my first book, Getting My Bounce Back, which will be published in February 2018. But in the meantime, I'm always looking for books that touch on what I know now to be the power of endorphins. A few weeks ago, I was Googling something related to endorphins and learned about a new book by first-time author Michelle Steinke Baumgard, whose husband, a pilot, was killed in a plane crash in 2009. At the time of her husband Mitch's death, Michelle was in the middle of a weight loss and exercise challenge. After Mitch's death, Michelle credits her fitness routine with literally saving her life. Soon Michelle started blogging and her One Fit Widow blog became a vehicle for Michelle to express her emotions. The blog touched a nerve with the many widows and widowers out there and soon as Michelle became increasingly interested in fitness and nutrition, she got herself a book contract. Michelle's book, aptly titled Healthy Healing, Working Out Grief Through the Power of Exercise and Endorphins is full of step-by-step instructions on how to use exercise and food to keep you feeling good no matter what you're facing. Now a fitness trainer, Michelle also runs hiking trips around the world. More info about that and about Michelle can be found on onefitwidow.com. I caught Michelle one afternoon last week just before she headed out the door to pick up her children from school. Hi, Michelle. It's Carolee Walker. Thank you so much for talking with me this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I came across your book um, about a week ago, Healthy Healing, A Guide to Working Out Grief, Using the Power of Exercise and Endorphins. And I came across it because I, you know, I'm doing a lot of uh, writing myself on the power of exercise and endorphins in, in helping me as I... Um, as I get fit and I get healthy and as I age. So I came across your book and I was immediately drawn into your story, but for my um, audience who may not have seen your book yet, would you tell me a little bit about Mitch and about your life? Yeah, absolutely. At the time, yeah. Back in 2009, I was, you know, a pretty typical woman, working mother, uh, super busy with my life, all consumed with my work and being a good wife, being a good mother. And I really let myself go. Uh, I stopped taking care of me, and I found myself so tired, so stressed, and really unable to cope with everything that was coming my way. So I kind of had this bottom moment in August of 2009, and I said to my my husband Mitch at the time, I said, I need to start taking care of me. And he agreed, and next thing I know, I came home from our trip, and I went just head first into exercise. And it's something that, um, you know, before, you know, that that time in my life, exercise had not necessarily come real easy for me. And I really went into it. I really was enjoying it. I was immediately seeing a benefit to my entire life. I was seeing that I was handling my work better, my you know, being a mother better, being a wife, everything in life started to click better. And then in October of 2009, my husband Mitch was killed in a small plane crash. And so life obviously took a dramatic turn in a matter of moments. And typically in my life, exercise was always the first thing to go. But for whatever reason, 
everything in my being, everything, you know, within me said, don't quit on your exercise. It's really important. So instead of quitting, I went even further headfirst into fitness and it saved me. Now you, um, how long were you married to Mitch? We were married for nine years. We were together for 15. And did you exercise together as a couple? <laughs> no, we were a really adventurous couple. We loved to hike. We loved to be outdoors. But no, we didn't really have fitness as a daily part of our lives. We did when we were younger. But since we'd gotten, you know, a little bit older, mid-30s, we kind of let that go. Yeah. So what happened um, on that day in 2009? Yeah, so I had, like I said, I had started a fitness uh, workout regimen maybe eight weeks before this. And I, for whatever reason, came down the next morning. I was in a, a weight loss challenge at my local gym. And I looked at my best friend who was calling people to let him know what had happened with Mitch. And I said, you need to call the gym. And she looked at me like I was crazy. Why would I call the gym? And I said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to finish the challenge. I'm not going to quit on my fitness. And um, like I said, everything in my being just told me this is what you need right now. Yeah. So within three days, I was back in the gym. And an interesting side effect for me beyond obviously the increased energy and a way for me to process my grief and everything else, the gym became a place of solace for me. It became a place where everybody knew my story, but they still treated me normal. When you go through a tremendous tra tragic loss like this, a lot of times people have a very hard time talking to you. They, they don't want to be in the same room with you. And that wore off very quickly at my gym. And it's the one place I really felt at home and didn't feel like the white elephant in the room. Did you ever feel guilty about taking the time uh, to go to the gym? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think guilt is such a huge part of any kind of loss. But um, taking time for yourself, you can absolutely feel guilty. You can feel selfish. I had two very young children at home. I had a one and almost three-year-old when Mitch passed. And I did. I mean, I, people kind of wouldn't say things under their breath or make comments about, oh, are you, are you sure you should do this? But what I found is it's the only way I could process my life. You know, I would be so at my wit's end with grief and dealing with the estate and dealing with my job and dealing with being a solo mother. Because at that point, you're not a single parent. You're a solo parent. Yeah. The only person providing for these little lives. And I found that I would get the end of my rope. It's like, I can't deal with what I've been handed. And I would go into the gym and I would sweat and I would cry and I would be angry and I would be, I would be all these emotions in one hour. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go home and I'd go, okay, I can do this. Yeah. And then 24 hours later, I'd have to go back. You actually changed careers after yeah. after Mitch died and after you started exercising seriously. What what I, tell 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 me a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I had a great position. I was traveling all over the world um, when Mitch passed, and you know I was on a long run training for a marathon, and I thought to myself, this has literally saved my life. This has not only given me the power and the energy to do this life after loss. But um, it's made me feel better, it's made me more healthy, it's made me a better role model for my children, all these things. This needs to be something that every grieving or stressed out person in the world needs to be told, that how powerful this is. This is literally one of the most powerful things we're given as a human, and we can all do it. And so I thought, I, I need to make a career change. You know, when you go through traumatic loss, you, Things are in perspective, you know, you don't care about the title, you don't care about the, the fancy job. And my daughter was already very sad that I was getting on an airplane uh, just in the last few months. I had started to travel again, mm -hmm. and she, 
you know, her father was killed in a plane crash, so she didn't want me always on an airplane going somewhere, and she was three at the time that I quit my job. So I decided after um, much back and forth and and sleepless nights, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to be a trainer. And going from a VP corporate position to being a, a gym trainer is something that not was not widely supported in my circle. There was definitely <laughs> people who supported me, but it wasn't um, a wise decision people didn't feel like. But I just knew what I had to do, and so I did it. You know, in reading your book, um, one of the things that occurred to me is... Um, you know, what I'm grabbing onto, what you write about so beautifully and so well, is for me at 59, um, you know, people often talk about aging as a series of losses, one loss at a time. You know, it starts essentially um, when you become quote unquote an empty nester. And sure, you know, your children are fine, they're healthy, you haven't really lost your children, but they've left your home. Um, and then, you know, as we get older, um, some of it, you know, if you retire, you've lost your job. And then there are the physical changes uh, that you say goodbye to, the color of your hair, maybe your skin is not as soft as it used to be. And so finding ways to sort of to cope and to overcome those feelings of loss, for me, I found in exercise. And I, I wanted to ask you to read, if you wouldn't mind, um, this one passage of your book that I came across right away, which is why I wanted to reach out to you. Um, if you wouldn't mind reading that, I, that would be, I would be so appreciative. Shortly after my husband passed, I was on a long run training for a marathon. I would complete in his honor. I remember coming home and feeling soulless in the middle of my life's biggest storm. While the hard sweat of my run didn't fix my grief, it did allow me to think, breathe, fight, and ultimately process a loss no 36-year-old woman should be forced to handle. That's when I realized fitness is the lifeline so many people are searching for. I realized that fitness is the catalyst that empowers another day, is a place to just be, and offers an opportunity to leave expectations, demands, and stress behind. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, uh, it's, it made me feel better um, when I read it because often when I put a lot of time and energy into my exercise and I make it a priority, um, you know, and, I've, and even when my family comes home and visits and I find myself being torn, you know, should I go do my run or should I stay home? Um, you made me feel like I wasn't so crazy. You know, that, <laughs> you know, that it's not selfish to take the time that you need to do that. Um, and then I, and then I, the other thing I really enjoyed about what you're doing is that you also used blogging. You used writing um, to, to help you get through uh, your, your horrible experience, your one-fit widow blog and I I love the fact that and you also encourage journaling in your book this idea of flexing your writing muscle uh, is another form of exercise that I think is very beneficial can you talk about that a little bit your blogging so I just started writing because I found for me personally the best way to get my feelings out was on paper I could write things I could not necessarily say Uh, I particularly found myself being very strong and stoic in the wake of my loss. And so it was very hard for me to show emotion. Um, It was very hard for me to, you know, be real and genuine with the people around me because I wanted to appear very, very strong. I don't know why, but I did. And so I could write and be vulnerable. And the more I wrote and then started to share, I realized people everywhere who are going through all kinds of things have these same feelings. 
and there's such a, a peace in knowing that people can relate and that you're not crazy and <laughs> that you're not the only one who feels this way. So I, I really encourage everyone going through difficult times in their life to start journaling. It doesn't mean they have to share it, but it's so cathartic to get it out on paper and to just let it all go that way. Yeah, absolutely. You're remarried now. I am. And um, when you when you got married, um, and you wrote about it on your blog, One Fit Widow. Did you have um, any kind of response from your readership to that? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like anything else I do, it's about 75% positive and very encouraging and uplifting and about 25% negative. And that's, I think, anytime you put yourself out in the social media world, you're going to have to understand people aren't always going to agree with you. They're not going to understand your take. And it's their journey, not yours. So I, I used to be very bothered by that, and I'm not anymore. Everybody looks at life through their lens, and everyone needs to live their life the way it suits them. Was it because you were calling yourself a widow when you had remarried? Was that the issue? Yeah, yeah I get a lot of that, and I simply explain to people, I'll always be Mitch's widow. There's just no, there's no changing that. You can't, you can't erase what I went through. You can't erase the years I was married, the years we were dating the children that we had together, the anguish of my tragedy. You can't erase me of that. I'll always be his his widow. I'm Keith's wife. I'm Mitch's widow. And um, I think it's important to, for me, it's important to take a word that has such a negative connotation. And we have such a, we have such a thought around the word widow. And it's typically older, uh, you know, quite a bit older and end of their life. And, And I'm trying to breathe life and strength into a word because there's millions of young widows out there that are walking a similar road to what I walk, and widowers, and um, I'm hoping to empower that word and make it less scary. I mean, of course, it's a tragic, terrible situation, but bring some empowerment to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, your book also has a lot, of, um, a lot of focus and emphasis on nutrition and food, which, of course, I know you lost weight uh, initially in your journey, and part of, part of me um, and my journey is also you know, trying to find a healthy relationship to food. And when I first started exercising, I really, I was listening to my body and using food as fuel for my exercise. But you also talk about it as sort of fuel for your mood. And um, could you say a little bit about that? Yeah, I think we underestimate how important the connection between what we put in our mouth and how we feel, not only our energy levels, but, you know, things that, when I started journaling, how food made me feel, not counting calories, but, okay, I had this for lunch, and now an hour later, I feel like this. There's a powerful, powerful connection between what we eat and how we feel, whether it's your aching joints or a migraine or a sinus infection. So I really started to make that that connection and then, you know, working through some nutrition certifications and whatnot. I feel like, especially with people who are going through really difficult, stressful times, we tend to run to the refrigerator for comfort. And I'm trying to help people understand, you know, I want you to enjoy your food. I want you to love what you eat, but I want you to get better quality food so that your body responds well. And then I want you to think of your comfort in your exercise. When you're having a crappy day, you're stressed out, go out and go for a walk or go hit a punching bag or go for a run. You're going to feel a hundred times better than if you ran to the refrigerator and got something that later you're going to say, why did I eat that? And now I have a headache. Yeah, definitely. I know when when um, when there's a death in the family, people often will bring um, you know casseroles and cookies and 
and and maybe you know in small doses that that you know that can be helpful but um, I suspect you know for someone who has pretty intense mood springs that could be a problem yeah it definitely Swings. doesn't help and, <laughs> and all I'm trying to make people see is if you can level it off you know if you mm-hmm. can take away some of the highs and lows and you can really nourish your body because your, your body always need, needs nourishing but especially when you're going through such trauma or uh, such heartache you really need to take care of your body uh, so you can sleep better because obviously sleep is a big issue for the breathing so that you have the energy to deal with what life is handing you. Mm-hmm. Did you um are are your um are you it's two girls that that um you had when Mitch died? No, I have a, a boy and a girl. Okay, you have a boy and a girl, and are they athletic? Yes, they are. And um, that must be exciting for you. That must be fun <laughs> for you. Yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, their dad was very athletic, and one of his dreams was to watch them play sports. So I call it duality. I write about it often, but it's always ripe with duality for me. It's the joy of seeing my kids do something and and being so pleased with where they are and how far they've come in their little lives, but also being slightly sad always that their dad isn't here to see Yeah. Well, they must be so proud of you when you run a race. Have, have um, have, Have they come to cheer you on? Oh yeah, yeah. No, they've they've been there in all of my races. Um, I haven't done any recently. I kind of switched from running to doing other things. But um, they've always they're very supportive. In fact, um, I'm picking them up from school today, and we're going to go work out together. We're going to go to our little boxing gym that we go to, and and hit the bag together. Oh, that's so great. Well, I was just going to ask you, what is your what is your favorite go to peace out you know form of exercise? Well, it kind of depends. There's so many that I love. I love to hike. That is my ultimate, um, you know, I get so much peace from it. I love being in nature. I love being in the sunshine. I love uh, being someplace grand and majestic that makes you feel small. I love that. But if I'm in a, you know, a more structured gym environment, I really love to lift weights. Mm. Really, really adore lifting weights. And recently, I mean, very recently, as much as a month ago, I took a boxing, and I love it. Um, and I always tell people, you've got to figure out where you are today, and maybe it changes day by day. I have days where I feel like I really need yoga, and I go to yoga, yeah. and um, it changes. Be, allow yourself to change with the seasons, with your emotions, and know to you know know to look for what you need in that moment. So thank you so much. Um, um, Michelle's book is Healthy Healing, A Guide to Working Out Grief Using the Power of Exercise and Endorphins. And is it available everywhere? It is. Yeah, you can get it anywhere and on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all of that. So, right. It was great talking with you. Oh, great. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Good luck to you. Thank you. Too. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a production of My Brain on Endorphins. Special thanks to Owen Kelly for mixing and engineering and for the awesome theme music. Thanks for listening.